Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. It is another get-together right here at Fantasy Sports Daily. Kyle Alfred and Ray Flowers with you, powered as always by FantasyGuru.com. Hopefully everybody is doing well, staying busy, and nearing a bit of a holiday break. Uh, Ray and I are going to be hanging out uh, both today, tomorrow, and Friday as we get you set for the weekend. A very important weekend, Ray, as uh, the playoffs are still ongoing and time is short and it's time for people to get some winnings. And, and unfortunately, Ray, this, this is the case every year. You know, everybody worries about, oh, is my guy going to get benched in week 17? Or we, the concern should be injuries. Like, <laughs> as I always joke, Ray, week 17 is no different than any other week, or week 18 is no different than any other week, because we are always missing guys who are not playing each and every week. So this week's the same, man. We got some big names who may not be out there for week 16. Yeah, and I got my hand up here. So if you're still playing in the Elite Listener League, uh, you might have a chance to beat me this week. Um, and this, and again, so I, just to share a quick story, this is, I feel everyone's pain. I'm in a league where I'm like 120 points clear of the second place team. I'm like 190 points clear of the third place team. I've crushed this league all, all year long. This week, I'm going to be without Pittman and Chase. <laughs> so, you know, cool. That's great. Two wide receiver ones are going to be out with injuries. So I know the pain and, you know, we got to keep going and, the Jerry Judys of the world and such, those are the players we're going to have to count on this week. Our uh, second highest score in my home league, which is 16 teams, uh, finished 12th <laughs> with the second most points. He will be in the consolation bracket of our home league, as I will be um, in that league. And let's see, I scored like um, probably 300 fewer points than him. Wow. But I have a better record. So. Wow. That's all that matters on that front. A uh, lot of stuff to get to today. Uh, injuries, of course. Uh, we'll also dig in a bit more to the tight end position. We've kind of talked about this this week, that uh, in 2023, the tight end position is not a black hole. That was going to be the assumption this year. It had been in 2021, 2022, not so in 2023. So we'll kind of run through the proof in the pudding, if you will. Uh, we will get you set for uh, week 16 with spreads and numbers and over-unders and all that good stuff. Also, Armando Marsal is uh, set to stop by. It's been a while since we checked in with Armando. Armando. I think he's got a, a snap counts column that is due up later today at fantasyguru.com, and he's putting stuff together all the time. So we'll dig into Armando's brain, what he's kind of thinking, heading from week 15 to week 16, and we will sneak in a little baseball. Uh, slowly but surely, it sounds like we'll get a Yamamoto signing in the next three or four days. And we do have an Andrew McCutcheon signing back in Pittsburgh for the longtime vet. Uh, Ray, let us begin with some injury news, shall we? Um, Jamar Chase is probably the big name as we lead all things on a Wednesday. Um, week 16's not looking good for Jay Chase. And honestly, Ray, week 17 is now a question. And you already think of a Bengals offense that is without Joe Burrow. Um, you kind of wonder, man, can this team actually uh, keep it going? They've actually been fine with uh, Browning as their QB. But, man, you make the switch to no Burrow, no Chase. Starts to get a little difficult going into week 16 to put some points on the board. Yeah, it does. And, you know, this is not an outcome that is uh, surprising at the moment, right? We kind of figured, look, we're, you know, they, they, they have a chance to make the playoffs. 
they're hopeful, but you know, you can't force a guy to go out there when he's not at hundred percent. And it doesn't sound like he's close to it at this point. Uh, they're going to have to rely, just like we were talking about, we're gonna have to rely on some other options. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that the, the Bengals have going for them, which, you know, is a positive, I guess, is that everyone's kind of dealing with the same thing. We'll talk about other teams. There's still more quarterbacks going down. Like it's, this is just the way it is in 2023. So uh, Armageddon is kind of what we're dealing with in some respects in the fantasy space, and the NFL teams are as well. But what does it mean to a guy like Tyler Boyd? Because that, that's a player available in a lot of spots, yep. and people say, gosh, I've got this injury, I've got that injury, i got to start three receivers, or I need to start two flexes. Is Tyler Boyd like a consideration for you at all this week? Yeah, I think he has to be. Now, the – you know, Browning has done a very good job. You and I have talked about him a lot here on Fantasy Sports Daily. He's done a good job. He's spread the ball around. He's got a, you know, hitting a lot of percentage of passes. Tanner Hudson is someone that's very interesting to me this week because of the, the loss of Chase. Interestingly enough, Hudson's catching four or five passes every week, and he's playing like 17 snaps. Like, it's crazy. They're basically throwing it to him every time he's on the field. He could see his role increase. But I also think that, to your point, Boyd's got to see his role increase. Uh, you know, Higgins is there, and Higgins will, will draw the attention of the defense. And, you know, Higgins has struggled this year with health. He struggled drops a little bit. Boyd's the steady guy, right? Boyd, so Boyd probably is a pretty good bet, if you can call it that, to catch five passes this week. Now, is it nine catches? Is it two touchdowns? Is, like, is it some big-time effort? Hard to see that happening. But the old 550 thing, I think that's kind of the floor. And we haven't said that for most of the season with Tyler Boyd. Well, the other hiccup going on with this uh, Bengals offense is uh, Chase Brown, who I think people have been picking up and, and kind of slotting if they're desperate. And, right, he showed up on the injury report uh, with a sternum issue. So he is not in the clear. Now, that game is set to be played on Saturday. I think it's the 1 o'clock kickoff. Uh, Cincinnati is at Pittsburgh. And for those who have not looked at the schedule, uh, this thing is all over the place in Week 18. We've got one game on Thursday. We've got two games on Saturday. Um, in the early window on Sunday, we are looking at six games and then three games in the late window. We have a Sunday night game and then we have three games on Christmas Day. So th this for, for such an important fantasy week, uh, the schedule is not really doing us any favors. Um, injuries, again, not doing us favors. I'm starting to look at this QB list, Ray, and it's, yeah, it's a mess. I mean, who hasn't been in concussion protocol this year? Is there anybody? <laughs> I don't know if we miss it. Uh, right now, we've got C.J. Stroud still. Trevor Lawrence is in there. Uh, Zach Wilson is in there. Now, you might say, who cares about Zach Wilson? Fair enough. But we care about Stroud and Lawrence. And right now, Ray, big question marks for the week to come. Yeah, Zach Wilson's mom came out and did a little video saying that Zach was hurt before he took himself out of the game. Like, he was, he stayed in there after he should have. He, and he knew it. He was trying to struggle through it. He couldn't see. He lost his field of depth. Like, oh, my God. Like, get out of there. And this, you know... This is a really interesting topic in general. We know the NFL for years ignored concussions. You talk to the old timers. I had 15 concussions, right? They, mm -hmm. It was a different world back then. Guys get concussed now on regular hits, and it's really weird. It's really weird. So either the guys were tougher in the old days, because I know the equipment wasn't better. So either the guys were tougher in the old days, or we got an issue going on here, because you know a lot of these guys that end up in the concussion protocol, it's like, okay, they got blasted. Gotcha. Other times, it's like, when did this really happen? Oh, it was three plays ago. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, so I don't know. I mean, in, in Stroud's case, he got hit hard. He hit his head on the turf. Okay, he's the franchise. You know, it, it's tough for his team. It's tough in the fantasy space. Uh, Jeff Manns on the Elite Sports Show Monday through Friday, uh, 3 to 5 on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. I'll be on with them because I'm on every Wednesday. 
Uh, he was talking about Trevor Lawrence yesterday, and he, he guaranteed. I think it was a guarantee, which basically, by the way, you can get this Jeff Man's T-shirt in the uh, – you go to the website, go to click on the swag in the top right, and get your Jeff Man Santa Claus shirt. Is that your ugly sweater entry? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> oh, um, he was saying that he guaranteed that Trevor Lawrence is going to play. He's like, I can't see a scenario where the golden boy of the NFL, um, which, by the way, there was a, a, a little video or a little gif shared in, in uh, I Am earlier today. Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones are within 5% of one another in total yards, yards per attempt, total touchdowns, interceptions, fumbles lost, and QB rating. For their careers, Daniel Jones and Trevor Lawrence are within 5% in every one of those categories. He doesn't know how Trevor Lawrence doesn't play. Because and by the way, the, the Jaguars need him to play, and that's that's an ongoing debate too, Kyle. How much of the concussion is, how much is it influenced by the storyline? And I don't know if that's fair, but some guys get concussions and miss weeks. Other guys get concussions, they play five days later. Human body is different for everyone, but it's yeah. it's interesting how it works. Well, a concussion is not a broken leg, is not a you know blown elbow or a torn ACL. I mean, a concussion, like you noted, can be different for everybody. And there, we, we don't even really have a good read on, oh, this is a level one or this is a level three or a level five. All we can do is see things. And and obviously, we're not there for the neurological testing. So So who knows on that front? What I do know, Ray, is like we're entering a playoff week and all of a sudden, like you can make the case that a guy like Baker Mayfield's a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. Um, Matthew Stafford, a top 10 quarterback. It's it's pretty wild that we're sitting here and these guys who were even five weeks ago, Ray, I don't think these guys were anywhere close to being QB1s. And all of a sudden, semifinal week, these guys are QB1s. And and I bring that up because the, the position has gotten so depleted. And even though there's been quote unquote success stories you know a, a guy like browning has done fine and joe flacco is is doing well there are still situations where if you have lamar jackson this week mm -hmm. i i think you have to start him i don't even think and i don't own lamar jackson anywhere but ray i think you have to start him that's pretty wild to say when he's going to be on the road at san francisco and i guarantee you a lot of people who have lamar jackson this weekend they're probably wondering well i've got stafford too or I've got Browning, right. or I've got Mayfield, and and they start to outthink or overthink to themselves as to what to do with a guy like Lamar Jackson. And I get it; it's a terrible matchup. I mean, you don't you don't ever want to face San Francisco, but I don't know if I can bench a guy like Lamar Jackson and turn to these other guys. Despite you know Baker Mayfield's been good lately, Matt Stafford good lately. I still got to roll with Matthew, or excuse me, with Lamar Jackson against the Niners. You mean the league MVP, Kyle? How are you going to bench the league MVP? <laughs> You know, the guy who's actually statistically the same guy he was last year when there was not one word of league MVP talk. Um, you've got to play Lamar Jackson. You do. And I agree with you. It's Is it comfortable? No, it's not. Traveling across country, home, away game against that defense, all that kind of stuff. But I think even if everyone was healthy, like all the quarterbacks across the landscape were healthy, it still would be – and you're the same as I am. Like, how do you bench Lamar Jackson? Because everything yeah. can look against Lamar Jackson. He can throw for 180 yards run for 90 yards and produce three touchdowns in total. Like that can happen against anyone. So, you know, when you look at the, I think the, the interesting question today, like you're, you're talking about is, is the Stafford's and the Baker Mayfield mm -hmm. kind of types. Cause I have in a couple of leagues personally, I'm still playing. And I grabbed Kyler Murray basically to block people when he was coming back from the injured list. And it's like, I'm looking at it now and it's like, I've got Trevor Lawrence and Kyler Murray. Well, I play Trevor Lawrence if he's active, but what if he's not? 
Now, so then I have to start thinking to myself, well, is Kyler Murray anything better than QB 15, 16 this week? Eh. So do I go and try to see if one of these rando guys is still on the waiver wire in these leagues? Because it's like even even a guy that you thought would be okay, even some of them are not. And some of the guys that are upstarts are the ones that people are going to be playing this week. Well, I see in our chat room, Joel is is looking at this. Stafford versus Baker Mayfield is his his matchup because he has Stroud. And I, I would say at this point, I would make this decision as if Stroud is not playing. Mm-hmm. But the difficulty with Stafford this week, Ray, is he is playing Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So this decision is really being, you know, fast forwarded for the fantasy owner because you got to make this decision in effect in 36 hours, less than 36 hours. And I don't know if you're going to have a great read on Stroud and some of these other guys floating around. If you've got a Stafford versus Trevor Lawrence, you might just be better served going with Stafford and making the call that in that direction on Thursday. Totally agree with you. Yeah. And I think that this, this came up in discord last week. I had a back and forth with someone and it was about Josh Palmer and it was like, it was Josh Palmer, Dylan and, Geez, I forget who the third person was. And I'm like, look, I don't know if those other two guys are going to play. As uncertain as I am with Josh Palmer, you got to play Josh Palmer. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's playing tonight. I get it. We don't know. But these other two guys may not even play. And the NFL, you said it, everyone check the schedule out. Because I know how this is going to go. It's going to People are going to be panicking at the last minute because they haven't looked at the schedule. The, the games are everywhere this week. They're all over the place. And that makes it more difficult on us in the fantasy space. But we can't afford to take zeros. You can't afford to be running to the waiver wire and grabbing Tommy DeVito. Like you yeah. got to play. If Stafford's one of your two guys, and your other one's Lawrence, your other one's Stroud, you got to play Stafford. You just got to get the points, even if even if you don't love the matchup or think he's going to have an explosive effort. And and the decisions uh, become even a little more difficult because of the holiday. I mean, we got games all over the place on Christmas Eve. Three games on Christmas. People are traveling. You know, trying to trying to get to from point A to point B. So it's 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 crazy weekend. If you survive this weekend, you probably deserve to be in your league's championship. Now, some other issues we've got on the injury side. Uh, Chris Olave did not play in week 15, but it sounds like he will return this weekend. So that's some good news for Olave because he's a starter. If you're looking that direction, Geno Smith is probably going to be back this week. Uh, that's at least according to Pete Carroll. We will not have Aaron Rodgers. So, Ray, have, you know, Merry Christmas to you. I guess that's your gift. No Aaron Rodgers this season. Did you see him come out and say, I, I think I'm three or four weeks away? <laughs> he is the big, I mean, he's, a, and if you haven't figured this, he's a scam artist. The whole thing, it's a whole, he might as well be Ron Papil selling you some, you know. I, I'd rather, I'd rather a guy, Ray, tell us he's trying and believe that he's able to come back than a guy who just bags it. it it's good that he still cares. It is, but we heard all along, everyone told us all along, week 16. We've heard that for three months. And Rogers himself says, I can't do it. He says, I can't do it. I mean, it's like, it's, it's so again, this whole thing, Jets front office, Jets coaching staff, Aaron Rodgers, just a And again, too much bandwidth. We've wasted so much time on this guy. And it was never, never going to happen ever, ever, ever. And we wasted too much time talking about it. It may be Trevor Simeon going up against the Washington Commanders this weekend. <laughs> so, I, I, so we were talking about QB difficulties for the fantasy owner. At least you're not the Jets. Hopefully you're not the Jets and turning to Trevor Simeon. Uh, a couple of other things. Let's see. Keenan Allen got a, a DNP on Tuesday. Uh, so his status will be worth following. And they do not play until Saturday night. And that game, by the way, is only, only on Peacock. Uh, welcome to the new NFL. <laughs> so that's another little issue to deal with. Uh, Kenny Pickett returning to practice for Pittsburgh. Sounds like he's going to give it a go. And speaking of returning, 
Not that you need to add. But Melvin Gordon has returned to the NFL. Uh, Baltimore, who lost Keaton Mitchell, Ray. Welcome back, Melvin Gordon. What is this, like his third time around with the Ravens? And I, I don't know if he's played more than 30 snaps, but it feels like he's constantly leaving this team, joining this team, always hanging around and collecting an NFL paycheck. Yeah, like you'd want to think that Justice Hill, who's played all these two-minute drill snaps and all these third-down snaps, would have a role this week behind Gus Edwards with Keaton Mitchell injury. Who's to say that Melvin Gordon doesn't get eight touches this week, right? Like, you know, you don't start Melvin Gordon any format. Don't play him in DFS. Don't go nothing. But it's possible he gums it up enough that Justice Hill, who is a desperation flex option for some, doesn't quite get there this week. A couple of minutes away from uh, checking in with Armando Marsal, getting some of his thoughts as we head into this pivotal week 16. Uh, before we go that direction, let's give you the rundown of the games, the spreads, the game totals. We do it every Wednesday here on the show. Uh, starting Thursday night, it's actually a very important playoff game. The Saints are on the road against the Rams. Uh, Rams are starting to surge. In fact, I, I, I see these power rankings of NFL teams, and suddenly the Rams are top 10. I, I, I don't know if that says more about the Rams or the NFL, but uh, the Rams are a four-point favorite on a Thursday night. And surprise, surprise, Ray, I guess this is what happens when you have two healthy quarterbacks. We get a game total of 45 and a half. It's like a minor miracle on a Thursday night. Yeah, and you're, you're uh, well, just looking at the, there's some 40s this week overall, too. I mean, but oh, yeah, it's, you're right on a Thursday. We have not seen too many 45s, at least in the recent past. Saturday, we'll uh, have Cincinnati as a two-point favorite on the road at Pittsburgh, 37 is the number there. Uh, Saturday night, Buffalo is now everybody's golden child. Uh, they are favored by 11 and a half on the road against the Chargers. That total is 44. And then that leads us to Sunday. Um, again, the early window is a half dozen games. That includes uh, Seattle at Tennessee. Seahawks favored by two and a half. Commanders are at the Jets. Check this one out, Ray. The Jets are favored by three. How's that happen? I mean, I know the Commanders are not great, but Sam Howell's going to be there. Terry McLaurin's going to be there. The commander's defense is not the worst thing in the world, yet they're a three-point dog at the Jets. Yeah, I I don't know. New York? Like, if the if the Jets were in Arizona, would it be three points for the, the commanders? I don't know. That seems, that seems off to me, too. I agree with you. Yeah, Trevor Simeon is a three-point favorite. I don't like those odds. I just don't. <laughs> um, Indianapolis is at Atlanta. Here's another weird one, Ray. The Falcons' home team, they're favored by a point. I mean, the Falcons are absolutely brutal. The Colts right now are in the playoffs. <laughs> They're a one-point dog at Atlanta for Sunday. Uh, that's that's another surprising scenario, I guess. Eh, eh, that, that makes more sense. Heineke, he's got the, the, the betting public getting behind him. Uh, Green Bay, a five-point pick on the road at Carolina. 36-and-a-half is the number there. Uh, Cleveland favored by two and a half at Houston. Very important playoff game. Um, and we're probably going to have Case Keenum going up against Joe Flacco, which is the thing that uh, playoff dreams are made of. Uh, Detroit is at Minnesota. Lions favored by three and a half. That number's up to 47. And then we get some other big numbers. Uh, the late window on Sunday, all the home teams are favored. So Tampa's a one point pick against Jacksonville. The Bears are favored by four against Arizona. Miami is a point-and-a-half pick against Dallas. That totals 51. Ray, do you worry about Dallas on the road? Like, you, you saw what happened against Buffalo. And I would guess there are some people out there, even though it's Wednesday, they're saying, gosh, I'm suddenly worried about uh, 
C.D. Lamb or Ferguson or Prescott or, or Pollard. And to me, yeah, you can't worry too much. These guys are out there. It's it's maybe not to the extent of Lamar Jackson, like you have to play Lamar Jackson. But, Ray, I think you're going to have to play these Cowboys despite them being on the road. For me, an argument to be made is that they're going to have to play catch up the whole game. I, I don't see Miami doing what Buffalo did. What Buffalo did last week was run, 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 run. You know, they just pounded the Cowboys. I don't think Miami's really built that way to, like, hold on to the football and to have five, six-minute drives. I don't think Miami's willing to do that. I think it's actually a much better matchup for the Cowboys this weekend than it was last weekend against Buffalo. Yeah, I think the game flow, like you said, is one that they're going to have to push the gas, right? They're not going to be able to let off the gas or anything like that. The weather shouldn't be an issue. Uh, the, the numbers are, and we talked about this, and they'll be in my article tomorrow over at fantasyguru.com, the matchup piece. The, the numbers aren't good for the Cowboys on the road. And you we discussed this directly. They're a different team at home and on the road. So all of that you know leads you to have a little bit of trepidation. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, Ferguson, like yeah. you'd be hard-pressed not to start those guys. I agree with you completely. Uh, Sunday night, nobody will be watching this game on uh, Christmas Eve. Um, I don't even know if I'll be. I, I think I'm going to be working when this game is on. Thank God. Uh, the Patriots are at Denver. Uh, Broncos favored by six and a half game total 34 for the Broncos and the Patriots. And then the triple header on Christmas, uh, Vegas at Kansas city, Chiefs favored by 10 giants at Philly Eagles favored by 11 and a half. And then the huge showdown people will be watching this on Christmas night, uh, Baltimore at San Francisco, the Niners though, Ray, a five point pick and, and pretty well, if you were to challenge people, who's the best team in the NFC? Who's the best team in the AFC? These two teams probably come out on top in, in that voting, I think. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a long trip, right? It's, you know, to be the road team and all that. It's the holiday and all that. But isn't, doesn't that seem big to you? I mean, like, that, that's what you're that, – to me, yeah. it's like – because like you're saying, I think there are people that would say these are one-on-one -on -one in their conferences, to your point. So I'm a little surprised by that. I, I think the issue is San Francisco's red hot. Yeah. Absolutely red hot. Mm-hmm. And in other big games against big opponents, they've easily maintained and they've sometimes blown out those opponents. I think San Francisco is just in a good spot right now. Baltimore, a couple of injuries to deal with, uh, making the trip across country. So hey, maybe four, but I'm not all that put out by San Francisco being favored by five. Okay. Um, so that is the rundown, a week that begins on Thursday night and does not end until close to Tuesday morning. Uh, here in week 16. Uh, let us, without further ado, check in with our friend Armando Marsal uh, pretty well every day over at FG, whether it's football or basketball. You can catch the work of Armando Marsal. He is now with us here on Fantasy Sports Daily to talk a little football, to talk about this big week 16. How you doing today, Armando? I'm doing good, Kyle. Excited to be on here talking some football with you guys. It's an exciting time of the season. Uh, so, Looking forward to talking football with you guys. How are you well, guys doing? Also, it's, a, it's a headache-inducing time to Armando. <laughs> and we were just talking about Baltimore and San Francisco. And Ray and I broached this topic earlier. But, you know, Lamar Jackson, is it one of those things where, hey, I know it's a sucky matchup, and I know we're not expecting big things, but there's no way, no how, that you bench Lamar Jackson? Or are, are there setups where you think, yeah, maybe I would go with, with a Matthew Stafford or somebody of that ilk over Lamar Jackson? No, I think you got to start Lamar Jackson each and every week. I don't think you got to overthink this one. I know the matchup isn't ideal against San Francisco, but when you have a rushing quarterback like Lamar Jackson, whether when he's having a bad day through the air, he can get you yards on the ground, he can score on the ground. I think you got to take that floor 
in the quarterback, especially with the position. There's so much volatility given some of the injuries this year. So for me, I'm going to play it safe. You're looking at the guy that got you this this you know point in the season. You got to continue rolling him out. Um, someone you know who's been just a phenomenal quarterback from a fantasy standpoint this year. Armando, if you check the rankings out over at fantasyguru.com, we've got Baker Mayfield at 17 and Jake Browning at 18 at quarterback this week. And Kyle, I mentioned their name. Who hasn't mentioned their names uh, with the performance of late? The four touchdowns for Baker Mayfield, all the completions for Jake Browning. Browning looks like he's going to be without Chase, so that's a significant hit. But talk to us about those two guys, Browning and Mayfield, because we know how this goes. Recency bias. A lot of people are going to want to start those guys over some other quarterbacks that we have ranked higher this week. Yeah, so it really depends, Ray, on who you have as your options, right? We we've seen we've seen Baker Mayfield play some pretty good football. He's surrounded with good weapons there. You know, you got White, you got Godwin, you got Evans. So there's a good supporting cast there, and he's playing decent football. So it really depends on your options. But I view him just like we're ranked at the you know at, at Fantasy Guru QB twos, right? That's what we got to view these guys. We can't view them as top twelve quarterbacks. You know, there's still a lot of other talented quarterbacks there's other uh quarterbacks in better matchups and better situations that we like a little bit more but if you're a, 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 a you know fancy manager that's been dealing with the injuries at the quarterback position and you've been streaming these are guys that were available and, and might still be available in a lot of fantasy leagues especially single quarterback leagues that you could pick up and you know plug and play so i view them as you know high-end qb2s with qb1 upside that's kind of the way i view it i don't want to put all of my eggs in those baskets this week but if I have no other choice, I think you could be uh, in, in a much worse situation. You know, imagine having to invest in the New York Jets quarterback situation. That's just much bigger of a nightmare, even though the matchup is great there against Washington. Let's move over to the running back position, Armando. And in two of three games, Austin Eckler has been in single digits in PPR points. Okay, not in non-PPR, in PPR points. He hasn't done anything. As they say, the S has hit the fan with the Chargers. Keenan Allen's still not practicing right now. They're with Stick. They don't have their, you know, number two wide receiver. It's a mess right now. What are we doing with Eckler? Because I know, again, I know people are going to say, I can't start Eckler. Don't you still kind of have to start him? I mean, isn't he still a guy that does profile for 15 touches and kind of is the lead guy for his offense, even with the recent struggles? Yeah, you have to, right? You have to you have to look at the opportunities. So he had 11 opportunities last week. He had 17 the week before, 17 the week before that. So he's someone that even if the production is, is not there, the opportunities are there. And you can't say that about many backs. So I, I would view him as a an RB2 with RB1 upside, someone that you just have to temper expectations, right? Because when you look at the Chargers, in my opinion, Ray, I think this team is checked out. I don't think this coach is going to be around next year. I think that this entire – the locker room has been lost here. I think this is just – uh, the season's over for the Chargers, and I think we all can see that. They're, you know, when you look at them play, they're just there's no energy, no effort. There's it's just you see it, and they're not there. I mean, look at what happened against the Raiders this past week. So for me, it's just one of those situations that look, you 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 have to temper expectations, but at the end of the day, you're going to start your guy here. Unfortunately, you know, unless you have two other running backs or three other running backs that are in the top ten in our rankings in fantasy guru. There's really no way you can bench someone like Austin Eckler because of those opportunities. Well, in, in a similar situation, Sal in our chat room um, is kind of wondering about Saquon Barkley. You know, it's it's the, the Giants offense. They looked pitiful last week against the Saints. Barkley's numbers have not been great, maybe a bit better than Eckler, but not great. And Sal may have those options, Armando. I mean, he can turn to Jerome Ford. He can turn to Javante Williams. There's maybe an option of Zamir White. A guy like Barkley, again, that's a name where we say, yeah, you got to roll Saquon Barkley. I mean, he hasn't been terrible, and he's still like the main cog in that offense. But 
when you have those other options of Williams or a White or a Ford, would you think about sitting Saquon Barkley? So if it's someone like Rashad White, I think Rashad White has emerged as a top seven, top eight running back each and every week, especially in PPR formats. He's just very involved. The opportunities are there. He's you know seen 20 plus opportunities multiple times over the last month. Uh, the thing with Barkley is, so he's had very mixed results. He's had two, three top finishes in the last four weeks, and then two finishes outside the top 40 at the running back position in PPR formats. So you, you know the volatility that he comes with, but it's hard to bench someone that can give you a top five week, right? So again, it goes down to your options. I would not start Jerome Ford over a Saquon Barkley. I, I think you could, you know, make the case for a Javante Williams. But if it's between Rashad White and Saquon Barkley this upcoming week, I'm 100% going to go with Rashad White. He's been playing really good. We talked about Mayfield running this offense pretty efficiently. So for me, I, I think White is an every week starter. And I, I mean, I think what he's, is he top five or top six in, in our rankings? I, I believe he was top seven last week. So I think he's, there you go. He's fourth, right? So there you go. It, it, it just it tells you where, where we're at with him. Someone that you want to plug and play each and every week at this point in the season, just playing very good football and someone you can really rely on. What you're looking for at this point is a floor, opportunities, and and, and then with some of these other guys, when you're choosing between you know, someone like a Barkley or a Ford, the realistic, you know, the likelihood of Ford giving you a top five finish versus the likelihood of you know Barkley giving you a top five finish on any given week. And I think you, you know, chances are much greater with someone like Barkley. This guy's got six rushing touchdowns in four games, Armando. Six. He's got seven rushing touchdowns in seven home games. He also carried the ball 16 times for nine yards last week. Uh, <laughs> where, where are we at with Derrick Henry? Because to your point, he still had 20 touches. He had 10 yards or whatever the hell it was. It was just one of the more horrendous showings of all time. But he is still such an integral part of their offense. He still gets the touchdowns. Where are we at in semifinals? Do you start him after last week's debacle? So, Ray, I mean, when you average 0. 0.6 yards per carry, that that's that's something. To, that, yeah, that's not good, especially how great he's played against Houston in recent years. He's had over 200 rushing yards and, you know, for his last five games against him before this week, I think it is. Uh, but, look, again, so with, with Henry, how I view him is you got to think about game script. Is, is he going to be in a game script where Tennessee's playing with a lead? If so, I think that's where you feel comfortable starting him. If you think the Titans are going to be chasing points, it's very concerning because we're going to see more Tyja Spears in those situations that we see Henry. We're seeing the opportunities, but how good are the opportunities for him? I'm viewing him this week as an RB2, something I've been viewing him like uh, for multiple weeks now. I really haven't had him in my top 12 for a couple of weeks, and, and, and I think that that's what we're getting. You know, the floor is not as safe as it once was with Derrick Henry. The matchup against Seattle, I think it's a favorable one here for him. But the situation, you know, if, is this gonna is this game gonna stay competitive? Is this game gonna stay within reach for the Titans? If so, yes, let's comfortably start Henry. You understand that the floor is not as high as it once was, but the opportunities are gonna be there. I think so long as the game is competitive, we're gonna see at least 17, 18 opportunities for Derrick Henry here. Well, maybe one thing to follow is uh, the status of Will Levis, who's dealing with a sprained ankle. We really don't know if he's gonna be good for this one. So uh, that would change uh, obviously what a defense has to worry about. If Levis is not out there, Armando Marsal is with us here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Along these same lines, you mentioned the Jets and you said, wow, the Jets had a good matchup against Washington. The problem is, can a can a Jets offense actually take advantage of the matchup? Now, nobody's starting the QB. There's a lot of people out there, Armando, who are looking at Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. And I have said consistently, I got no love for this Jets offense. Nobody does. But those guys have to start. 
And and that's been a rough goal, that especially with Brees Hall. I mean, there there is nothing on the ground for Brees Hall. We've seen entire games where Garrett Wilson is is yearning for three catches. How about those two guys against Washington? Are, are they supposed to be in starting lineups, you think, for week 16? So I view Brees Hall as an RB2. I mean, I know he's coming off a horrible game. You know, I would think he finished RB50 or 52 uh, in PPR format. It's just one of his worst games uh, of the year. But before that, look, he wasn't getting much done on the ground, but he was very involved in passing him. I think we can see a lot of that here this week. Uh, again, and I know I've been saying this a lot, you just got to temper expectations because the situations have changed for a lot of these players. You know, and as far as Wilson is concerned, I'm viewing Garrett Wilson as a low-end wide receiver, two high-end wide receiver, three. Uh, I'm, I'm going to plug and play him. I know he comes with risk, but this is a secondary I've been targeting all season long. I actually think he makes a phenomenal DFS play because he's coming off a season low uh, in targets, just an awful game. Uh, there's going to be a lot of recency bias as far as the quarterback situation, the uncertainty there with the Jets. They don't have anything to play for here. So I think in DFS, you really want to uh, you know gravitate towards him. I think he, he makes for a great GPP play. But in season long, look, you know, he's someone that he's kind of survived the, the, the you know, the ups and downs of the quarterback situation. Obviously, doesn't provide as same of a floor. But we saw it last year with Zach Wilson posted decent numbers. This year, even when there's been quarterback changes, there's been pretty solid weeks uh, for Garrett Wilson. Just again, it's just a volatile floor. And, and with, with, with these kind of players, given their situation, there's just not – uh, they're not as safe as they once were at, at earlier on in the season, Colin. That's kind of how we have to view some of these players here. I mentioned uh, how busy you are with the riding side, uh, basketball and football over at FG. I think today on the football side, you've got a snap counts column that is going to be out. Now, yeah. you're probably still putting that together, but um, give us a preview. Anything that stands out as you put that column together for uh, later today at Fantasy Guru? Arthur Smith may have taken about three or four years away from my life. This, this <laughs> just this season, if we're being honest, I mean – Bijan Robinson had uh, played in 79% of the snaps the week before this one that just passed, right, which was the highest mark, I think, since week five or six that he had played. And then now he plays 58% of the snaps this past weekend, the lowest mark since the, the headache situation that he had earlier in the year. Yeah. I, I honestly don't understand what he's trying to do. They lose, right, and then he changes the quarterback. I, I mean, I, I think Arthur Smith's days are numbered there in Atlanta. I'll be 100% honest with you. I, I don't understand the usage there uh, for for Bijan Robinson, and, and to me, it's just it's mind boggling. You have a running back that you invested early draft capital in. We know how talented this young man is. We know what he can bring to the table if you're giving him the opportunities, and just it, he's stuck on Tyler Algier. So that that was one of the biggest takeaways for me. I was I, I couldn't believe what I saw. I'm like, what are we doing here? So yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was mind boggling for me this weekend. The other that. fun part of that was uh, Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, says, yes, I'm committed to Arthur yeah. Smith, but <laughs> we'll make the decision as we watch the season play. So he's committed for the next three weeks. He's, he's not going to fire him before the end of the year. Exactly. He, yeah. he, you know, it's the holidays. He's trying to be nice. Yeah. Like, well, you know, we'll stick it out through the holidays. And But starting next year, man, uh, no yeah, more. No more we'll, we'll let yeah. you have a happy Merry Christmas with your family, and then you're going to be looking for a job. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Armando, great, man. Really appreciate you jumping on board for a Wednesday, helping us out. Uh, we'll look for that column later today. Appreciate your time and talk soon and, and have yep. a, a very Merry Christmas, okay? Yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy holidays. And thank you so much for having me on. Good luck to everyone this week. Take care, guys. Yep. Armando Marcel, big part of uh, everything we do here at FG.com. Really appreciate him jumping on board. And 